Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. And, and um, God has certainly, certainly been with us. He continues to be with us. And I have uh, wrestled um, with the things that I feel that God wants me to share today. And uh, can I say I'm, that we're all family here? Is that, is that all right? I think that's why we call each other brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, and so I, I'd like for you to, to pray with me over the word today and over, over your hearing and over your receiving. Uh, it's going to be a meeting of the family today. Have your guest of art, your, your family too. We're, we're glad you're here. Uh, there's a guest connect card. Fill that out. We'll get you a nice gift bag at the Welcome Center after service. But I feel like God wants me to talk to the family today. And so I'm going to ask you to stretch your hand this direction and, and pray that God would anoint his word and anoint his servant. Could you do that right now, everyone that would? Father, we just come before you right now and we thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your presence. Lord, we've already sensed you here as we've prayed earnestly over our kids. God, for your favor uh, over them and their future, their current situations. And Lord, we come right now to the ministry of the Word of God. And this is heavy on my heart today. And I'm on divine assignment by the King. And, and Lord, sometimes, sometimes we bring a message and it's, it's general. Sometimes, God, you want us to speak very pointedly and very specific. And so I ask you today to anoint your servant. Uh, anoint the word. May it not return void, but may it accomplish that which you intend for it to accomplish. Just like you send rain to water the earth, may your word go forth. And may it produce fruit, 10, 20, and 100 fold. We thank you and we praise you for these things. In Jesus' precious name. And the church said, Amen. I'm not going to ask for you to go to your Bibles or your electronic devices, but I do feel like that I have something to share with you. Uh, here is your command today. Your directive from God for each of you. This directive is so powerful and so precise. It's so brief, but yet so bold. It's so necessary. In fact, it is so desperately needed in every single life. It's found in the Bible, and it's one phrase in Ephesians chapter 5, and this is what it says, be filled with the Spirit. Look at your neighbor and say, be filled with the Spirit. I'm glad that when I walked through the front doors of the church this morning that I walked into a Pentecostal church. I'm grateful when I drove on to the parking lot that I arrived to more than just a nice building with nice people, with nice amenities, but I arrived at a Holy Ghost church. We, you and I, need 
the Holy Ghost as believers. Church of God, mothers and fathers, you need the Holy Ghost more than you need to gain wealth or get ahead. Church of God pastoral staff members, Pulaski ministry department leaders, you need the Holy Ghost more than you need a larger turnout or a next level quality of sound or better choreography. Amen. Church of God youth, you need the Holy Ghost more than a better scorecard or better stats or an improved social life. Church of God young adults, you need the Holy Ghost more than you need a companion or an image. Y'all getting quiet on me already. PCOG, I am afraid we are becoming uptown instead of down before the Lord. Church family, I'm concerned that we're catering to the crowds instead of crying out for the Spirit. I'm impacted that we're blending in with embers of recent years instead of standing out with the fire of God today in the here and the now. We need the Holy Ghost. We need a divine interruption. We need a genuine outpouring in our church. By and large, our youth and our young adults are void and non-existent of the power of the Holy Ghost. In an effort to give you the best in lights and audio and media and the best online experience from home, we have created a vacuum where many of our youth and young adults are missing out on spiritual encounters with God, all in the name of presentation, all with the goal of being cutting edge. But can I tell you, I'm called as a preacher of the gospel to do everything I can that I possibly can to keep Pentecost alive and well in the church of God at Pulaski. You asked this morning, well, Pastor, what can the Holy Ghost do for me? Well, I'm, I'm glad that you're inquiring, intentionally or unintentionally. The Holy Ghost can do so much for every single one of us. The Holy Ghost is more, much more than just speaking in tongues. And as we enter into this Pentecost season over the next few days, I want to talk about some benefits of being filled with the Holy Ghost. And today I want to tell you, first of all, the Holy Ghost gives you power to be able to witness. The Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 10, God said, you are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servants whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. He calls us to be witnesses about him. In Luke 24 and 49, Jesus said these words. He said that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And he looked at his followers, just like he's looking at every one of us. And he said, you are to be witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in Jerusalem until you be endued with power 
power from on high. Can I tell you, we are to be witnesses of Jesus Christ. Tell, the Bible tells us we are to be witnesses, first of all, in the temple. If you go to Acts chapter 5, you will read the disciples were thrown into jail. But the angel of the Lord came and miraculously delivered them from, from the prison doors. And the scripture said the angel commanded them, go and stand and speak in the temple all the words of this life to all the people. In other words, when you gather together in the temple, in the church, in the sanctuary, you are to be a witness. Did you know we're supposed to talk to each other more about Jesus than we are the weather? Did you know we're supposed to talk to each other more about Jesus than we are uh, how our week has been? Did you know that when we come together in this beautiful edifice that God has given to us, we are to encourage and comfort and strengthen one another by talking about Jesus. We are to witness to each other when we're singing. That's all about sharing about Jesus Christ. We are to witness to one another in the altar. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Never should a person be in the altar praying by themselves. Somebody should always be there, if nothing else, with a hand on the shoulder saying, I'm witnessing to you with my physical touch that the presence of Jesus Christ is with you. No one, unless it's specifically asked or requested, should ever have to be in an altar praying through a battle or a trial by themselves. Why? Because if we're practicing what they did in Acts chapter 5, we've all been delivered from a prison of sin and we're supposed to witness to that fact in the temple among God's people. We're here to talk about Jesus. We're here to sing about Jesus. We're here to share about Jesus. Not only are to be we be witnesses in the temple, but we are also to be witnesses in the city. In Acts chapter 18, verse 9 and 10, the, the Lord spoke to the apostle Paul in a vision by night, and this is what he said. He said, be not afraid, but speak, and hold not your peace, for I am with you, and no man shall set on you to hurt you, for I have much people in the city. Thank God for people that witness in the temple. But can I tell you, there's too many secret disciples that are hanging out in the temple when God called us also to go into the city. Hallelujah. You're going to help me preach or I'm going to preach me and the Holy Ghost. But the truth of the matter is too many secret disciples are, are quick and willing to witness about Jesus in the temple. But they're afraid to talk about him in the city. But the command is just as much for us to talk about him in the city as it is in the uh, temple. God has called Holy Ghost filled people to stand up and witness in the temple, witness in the city, witness to all men thirdly. In Acts 22, verse 14 and 15, the scripture says you'll find Paul's description of his calling and how God had called him to be a witness to all men of what he had seen and heard. What you've seen, what you've heard, you're supposed to be willing to share it with anyone and everyone that you come in 
contact with. I'm telling you, God wants us to be a witness in the temple. He wants us to be a witness in the city. And he wants, to be a, wants us to be a witness with everyone that we come in contact with. I tell you, I'm looking at some folks here today. There's a lot of rich heritage in the room. I know some of you here, your mama and your daddy were, were evangelists and pastors. And, and some of you had street preachers. I was talking to one brother yesterday at the serve day that was telling me about a family member back in the 40s that used to be a street preacher on fire for the Lord. And, and even her, her mother was a, uh, well, well, her mother's father, she was the street preacher and her, her father was the sheriff and, and they tried to shut her down from preaching on the street corners even, even to the point that they came and, and hosed them down uh, to try to get them to scatter and had to pay a $25 fine because they were preaching unashamedly. Oh, I would to God somebody would get that kind of fire in their spirit again to rise up and say, no matter where I'm at, I'm going to talk about the good news of Jesus. I'm going to talk about how he saved me and delivered me and set me free. I'm going to tell anyone and everyone. And the only way that you can do that effectively is if you have the power of the Holy Ghost resident within you. But once that fire gets inside of you, you won't be able to keep it on the inside. It can't help but get out. Oh, Lord, send the Holy Ghost to give us power to witness once again. Every single one of us, every one of us are commanded by God to witness to lost people. And the Holy Ghost will give you power to do that, to witness to lost people. Jesus told them in Acts chapter 1, verse 7 and 8, when they were focused on their material ideas and their temporary kingdom, looking for their quick fixes and their now mindset, caught up in this life and everything about this life, he looked at him and he said, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. But this is what you're supposed to do. You're going to receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. I'm telling you, every believer is commanded to be filled with the Spirit. You're not to be filled with the Spirit so you can speak in tongues. You're not to be filled with the Spirit so you can draw people to your charismatic personality. You're to be filled with the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, so you can tell others about Jesus. The Jesus has saved you. The Jesus has set you free. And I'm going to tell you something. When you're Holy Ghost filled and Holy Ghost anointed, the words that you share will be filled with demonstration and power. And they'll see the Holy Ghost living inside of you. And it will affect dramatic change in the lost people in your life. I'm afraid we have the label Pentecost, but we're not Pentecostal. I'm afraid we have a form of godliness, but we are indifferent to it, and therefore we're denying the power thereof. <laughs> I want to see a good old-fashioned Holy Ghost breakthrough. I ain't talking about a series of services. I'm not talking about six months from now. I'm talking about today. We need it today. If we've ever needed the Holy Ghost, we need the Holy Ghost today. Mom and Dad, you need the Holy Ghost. I'll say it again. Mom and Dad, you better get the Holy Ghost. And you better get it as quickly as you can. 
I pray, God, I just pray that you would show up today. Interrupt our plans. God, touch us in such a way where we, where we long to linger again. Where we, where we long to, to lay it all down. Where we receive what has already been given 2,000 years ago. I pray God send your Holy Ghost power to the Pulaski Church of God so that we can turn this community upside down for Jesus Christ. I pray God, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not concerned anymore about, I'm not concerned about being politically correct. Forget that. Forget if the powers that be despise us for standing up uh, for righteousness. I, I, I witnessed some of that venom this past week. And yes, at a local school board meeting, and I'll say it publicly. I witnessed some of that evil venom today, but I want to say it publicly again today. Greater is he that is within me than he that is within the world. Oh, Lord, send the power just now and baptize everyone. You know what I want you to do? I want you to pray for your preacher to get more of the Holy Ghost. I, I, the pressure is intense in these last days to be extremely tolerant in a politically correct society. But I cannot afford to dilute and compromise or preach a half-baked gospel. The last time I checked in the book of Proverbs, righteousness still exalts a nation and sin is still a reproach to the people. I have to preach the whole Bible. I have to have the Holy Ghost power to do it. Oh, next time you pray, pray, God, pour it on my preacher. Pour it on my pastor. Fill my shepherd again and again with the Holy Ghost from on high. Well, you're getting a little crazy this morning. Well, let me just make a privileged statement so that everyone is not confused. I am a foot stomping, tongue talking, shouting, sweating, and sometimes spitting Pentecostal preacher. I've been it for over 30 years, and if that's too much for you, if we lack the charisma and the image that you're looking for, you can certainly find them a dime a dozen in Pulaski County and surrounding areas, but I choose to stick with the power, the filling, the refilling, the unction, the anointing. You say, well, I don't know if I care for that. Well, let me quote a former general overseer, Dennis McGuire, who once so eloquently and profoundly said, Jimmy Crack Corn, and I don't care. The bottom line is we need the fire of the Spirit to burn in the church of God so that it goes out into the streets and affects change in the lives of people we come in contact with. We need the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We need the Holy Ghost. We must break up fallow ground. We must stir up the gift that is within us. We must spring that well up from within our soul. We simply don't have time for maintenance, mechanical ministry. I told someone this week, with all this swirling about, I read on the news in the state of New York where an adult petitioned the state to overturn their laws because this adult wanted to propose to their adult child. It's here. It's upon us. We don't have to talk about it down the road. Fifteen years ago, 
You can tell I'm a little stirred up, can't you? Fifteen years ago, we had to opt our children out of sex education. And we threw a fit about that. Now we have to worry about somebody that has no business talking to them about their sexual identity, challenging them that they, ought, they have the right to question their sexual identity. It's coming. It's on us. It's here. This is the culture that we find ourselves in. We don't have time to lollygag around and say, you know what, I'll get, a, I'll get a better move of God in my life in the near future. I got too many things to do, too many priorities. There's too much going on on the calendar. We need to be like the Apostle Paul when he said, I came not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration and in power. There's still hope for a lost world. And it is inside of you in this room. We don't have to be dignified and uptown and prestigious. I pray if we are, God shut us down. I just soon close the doors and to lose the spirit of God. Somebody better, somebody ought to lift up a praise right there. I just as soon walk away because I'm going to tell you in the annals of heaven, God will have written the word Ichabod over the door of the church. The spirit of God has departed. I'm telling you, we better get back on our face. We better get back down to business with God. And we better say, God, fill me and refill me again and again with the power of the spirit so that I can live in victory and my family as well. Jay Hudson said, we've given too much attention to methods and machinery and resources and too little to the source of power, which is the filling with the Holy Ghost. Ray Hughes, one of the Church of God voices, the strong patriarchs of our movement in the last generation. He was speaking of the Holy Ghost. He said, when the Holy Ghost is moving, this power will translate Sunday morning saints into prayer meeting saints. This power will stop the exodus of young people from the church. I told you it was family time, didn't I? I precursed it with family time, precursor. The pastor's been here three years, so I've been through three graduations, and it grieves my heart to honor graduates and then not see them back in the house of God again after we've honored them. Something's wrong, friend. I'm speaking to everybody. I'm speaking to everyone on my staff. I'm speaking to every lay leader. I'm speaking to every young person, every young adult. I'm speaking to every mom and dad. Something is wrong. When we honor our graduates and then don't see them again after graduation. I kind of felt that bounce back. I've been in a racquetball court all week long. Not literally. Figuratively. When this power is present, the church will become more than a museum or an observatory. Amen. Amen. When this power falls, Ray Hughes says funds for ministry will flourish. 
When the power falls, the anguish of Zion's travail will be lost in the joy of newborn souls. When the power falls, obstacles and problems will wither like grass in a prairie fire. We must have the power of the Holy Ghost in the Pulaski Church of God. The power is given to us to witness. The second thing I'll tell you is that the Holy Ghost not only gives you power to witness, but the Holy Ghost gives you power to pray. To pray. The Holy Ghost gives you power to pray. Our faith. Part of our faith is in our prayers unto the Lord. When we pray, we're exercising our faith in God. We walk by faith. The victory in this world is our faith. Our, our works are dead if they're done without faith. Everything that we do, everything a child of God does, it's our faith. And, and, and prayer, prayer is no exception to that. When we, when we pray, we're extending our faith. And there are times, I don't know about you, but there are times when my faith is, is, is waning. It's a, it's a struggle. But did you know that you and I have, when we're, we're filled with the Spirit, when we're filled with the Holy Ghost, and those terms are interchangeable in case, for those of you that Holy Ghost makes you nervous. Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, that's interchangeable. But, but did you know that, that we have the benefit of strengthening our faith in prayer when, when we're filled with the Spirit. There's a, there's a small book. It's one chapter. It's almost swallowed up between John's epistles and the mighty book of Revelation. And in this one chapter book called Jude, verse 20 tells us that we build up yourselves on your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. In other words, for the child of God that is full of the Holy Spirit, the faith of your heart goes to new levels in prayer as you pray in a language that is not your own, but that comes from on high. Uh, some of you, this speaking in tongues stuff is new to you, okay? So let me tell you, when somebody speaks in tongues, that's a sign they've been filled with the Holy Ghost, okay? So it can be a... According to Scripture, it can be a foreign tongue. They could be speaking Japanese and have never learned it. It can be an unknown tongue. It can be an angelic tongue. All of those are backed up by Scripture. When a person is filled with the Holy Ghost and they begin to speak in a language that, that they did not know, it, it may sound uh, fluent. It may, it may sound like uh, babbling. It may, it may sound like it's a bunch of repetition. But it's something that's, that's giving to them uh, from God. And let me tell you something. When, when a person gets filled with the Holy Ghost and that prayer language becomes a part of their life, I'm telling you, their, their prayer life goes to a whole new level in Christ. It does. And it is a beautiful, beautiful blessing for a pastor to walk by and in the altar and see a heavily burdened saint, and they're standing there at the altar, and maybe the pastor knows what their burden is, and they're standing there with their hands outstretched to heaven, 
and the tears are flowing and groanings are coming forth from them as they sob before the Lord. Maybe all they're saying because they've exhausted their vocabulary in prayer. Maybe all they're saying is, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And then I walk by and all of a sudden I hear their English language amidst the tears and the sobs has suddenly changed to an unknown or an angelic language. And they start praying in something in a language I don't know and, and they don't know. No one around them understands. But I'll tell you what happens. One thing this pastor does know, when I walk by and I witness that happening, I know that their faith has reached the highest pinnacle that it can in prayer because they're praying in the Holy Ghost unto God the Father. You stay with me. Because I, I want to be sensitive to the reality that there are people here that under, don't understand all this speaking in tongues and, and praying. And now maybe I've even caused more confusion. But let me, let me just tell you how it works. You say, how, how can that be better praying when you're praying in tongues, preacher? Well, consider this. One man shared that he said our church copier broke down. He said, and I'm not mechanically inclined. But I called the repair shop to see if they could tell me what the problem was. He said, I, I, I quickly discovered as I talked on the phone that one, I didn't know the parts of the copier by name that they were trying to get me to identify. And, and two, I did not know what was wrong with the copier ultimately. And so the conversation wasn't going anywhere. And so finally the person from the copy company, copier company said, they, you know what, we're going to send out a technician. And so the technician comes out, and the technician comes to the office. He gets on the, he, he looks at the situation. He gets on the same phone, and he called the shop. And unlike myself, he knew how to describe what parts were needed. He even used words that I didn't understand, and soon the copier was repaired. I tell you, there's, I don't know that I could come up with a more simplistic answer when you talk about praying in the Holy Ghost because here's the truth. That is exactly what the Holy Spirit does in our prayer life. He is the divine technician. And chapter 8 of Romans says when we don't know how to pray, the Holy Ghost, one, knows what we need. The Holy Ghost, two, prays in a language that the Heavenly Father understands. It's called glossolalia. It's called speaking in tongues. And I say, God, God, help me to pray in the Spirit even more than I pray today. Help us pray in earnest until the Holy Ghost comes upon us. When we pray in tongues, we will have had a breakthrough because our prayers will be on the wings of the dove of heaven. They'll be taken to the Father's throne to glorify God and to edify the body of Christ. Listen, this is Bible. I know you're not going to hear this in a lot of churches, but you're going to hear it in this church. You're going to hear whole Bible. And whole Bible tells us in Romans 8, 26, that the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, makes intercession for the saints, that's you and I, according to the will of God.
1 Corinthians 14, 14 says, listen carefully. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. And people use that to renounce speaking in tongues. But listen to what it says. If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. It does not mean that the prayer is unfruitful. Quite the contrary. It means that your prayer is at its highest level of faith. And though you don't understand what you are praying, there is a dimension of God's power that has shown up a next level of dimension Paul says in Ephesians 6, pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And by the way, I've never seen one person in 55 years on this earth in the Pentecostal church, I've never seen one person in the Spirit that was ever hurt by the Spirit. I've never seen an injury to anyone from the Holy Ghost. I've seen some crazy stuff. I have. Some of y'all sitting in a little wide-eyed right now. You came to church. This is your first time here. You said, what in the world have I gotten myself into today? It's real. It's real. You won't hear about it in a lot of nominal churches, but I'm telling you it is real, and it is for today. God wants every one of you to be filled with the Spirit. And to be unashamed, to thirst for it, to hunger for it, covet, to long for it. All these other things that you're worried about, you probably would spend a whole lot less time being consumed by them if you were hungering more for the Holy Ghost. Because it's part of the kingdom of God. And my Bible tells me if you seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, all these other things will be added unto you. Gives you power to pray. I don't know why it is that sometimes when I'm among my brothers and sisters in Christ, that energy, I guess, that, that unity... I just begin to pray in the Spirit. I don't turn it on and off like a water faucet. You'll never hear this preacher say in this pulpit, on the count of three, I want all of y'all to start speaking in tongues. I ain't doing that. That's not of God. That's not of God. I don't care what big names say on television. That is not of God. Man does not invoke God's Spirit like that. But God's Spirit comes upon us as we yield, as we give ourselves to Him. We need revival. I'm not talking to Family Worship Center. I'm not talking to Dublin Church of God. I'm not talking to the church down the road on Bob White Boy. Pulaski Church of God needs revival. We need it. We need it. Too many 
It's not going to happen here. Too many pulpits have sophisticated it, the gospel, and socialized the gospel, and we've we've psychoanalyzed people's issues, and 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 too many pulpits have become family counselor chairs, and too many pews have become counselor couches. We need the Holy Ghost. There's saints in this room. You've never been filled with the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost. I don't know how to get the Holy Ghost. Well, you say, I'm saved. You throw your hands up. Say, God, sanctify me. Fill me with your spirit. I lift my hands and I praise you. You know, it's amazing. People seeking for the baptism of the Holy Ghost that won't even open their lips. It don't work that way. Well, you don't know how introverted I am. Forget being introverted. Some of the most introverted people I know, they got the Holy Ghost and it messed their lives all up for the good. You say, I'd love to have that power. I want a witness. I want my prayer life to be more effective. I want the Holy Ghost. I need the Holy Ghost. My family is a mess. My marriage is in shambles. I got trouble in the workplace. Everywhere I turn, fear is trying to move its way into my life because of the culture of society. I'm telling you what you need. You need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You need his power to witness. You're going to stand, you and I all are going to stand as Christians at the judgment seat of Christ, and he's going to ask you, did you witness about me? Did you witness in the temple? Did you witness in the city? Did you witness to everyone you came in contact with? Did you make a difference in someone's life by talking about me, Jesus, the Son of God? Some of you need a refilling. It's been years. It's been years. It's been years since you prayed in the Spirit. We're all family here, amen? I can't give you the Holy Ghost. I can pray with you. I can agree with you. But I can't give you the Holy Ghost. It's a gift that comes from on high. Now, I'm going to tell you, We don't have to even pray, Lord, open the windows of heaven. Although I've prayed it, but in reality, the windows of heaven was opened 2,000 years ago. What we really need to pray is, God, open the windows of my heart. Because the gift's already been given. All we have to do is receive it. You may need a refilling. Hey, there may be someone here said, man, I prayed in tongues last week, but I want a brand new touch this morning. A refreshing, a refilling. I'm so glad for the heritage that I have. Sitting right in this room and on Tuesday night, somebody even mentioned it to me the other day, said, what a blessing it is when your dad comes to pray and he Brings his pillow with him for his knees and said they walk by him and they hear him praying in tongues. 
can't tell you how many times that I would be as a teenager in the altar and I'd have my head, my face buried in my arm, weeping in repentance or weeping for God's will, crying out to God, even to the point the service was over. The people were fellowshipping and leaving, but there was always that one hand on my shoulder that was there praying in tongues. Mama, mama had her hand right there on my shoulder praying in the Spirit. I'm so afraid. I'm so afraid that if we don't get back to a Holy Ghost outpouring in the Pulaski Church of God, we're going to raise up a generation that is going to be void of God's Spirit and presence and power. We need the Holy Ghost. I'm calling you from the cameras. I'm calling you from the media booth. I'm calling you from the audio booth. I'm calling you from the back rows. I'm calling you young person. I'm calling you young adult. I'm calling you mom and dad. I'm calling you single adult. I'm calling you senior adult. I'm calling you. You need, you need the infilling of the Holy Spirit. God, send a refreshing. God, send a refilling. God, send us what we need. I want you to stand with me. Can I tell you that we're living in the last of the last days? We are. We're here. We don't have to talk about it being down the road next month, next year. It's here. It's upon us. How can it get more depraved? How can it get more depraved than Sodom and Gomorrah? When we know listed in the scripture, the most depraved thing that Sodom and Gomorrah did was the practice of homosexuality. How can, how can it be more depraved than that? I don't know, but I tell you what, this whole, this whole transgender non-binary thing, this whole idea of incest becoming legal. How can it get any worse? All you got to do is pick up the newspaper. Look at your phone and find out. Always keep a pulse on what's happening in Israel. And know that what's happening in Israel is a clear indicator of God's prophetic time clock. He said, well, I, why have you shifted to talk about prophecy? Because I also know that prophetically, God said it in the very last days, he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. He said, your young men would see visions, your old men would dream dreams, and also upon his handmaidens, he would pour out of his spirit. He promised that in Joel and also in the book of Acts. I don't want our church to miss the outpouring. About 35 or 40 kids back there in that children's wing right now. 
your sons and your daughters and your grandbabies, and they're looking at you. They may not ask it, but deep down within their little spirits, those toddlers and preschoolers and elementary kids, they're saying, Mom and Daddy, will you pass along the Holy Ghost to me? Will we be a spirit-filled house so that I can experience the same power that I know many of you have in your past? I believe God wants to turn this altar area into a river of his spirit. I believe he wants to do like Moses and he wants to break up the fountains from the deep. And I believe he wants to pour his spirit down upon the hungry and the thirsty heart. My God, my God. Now, I'm, I'm going to say this. Every once in a while this happens to me, the Holy Spirit prompts me. If you, if you think that this is all just, this is irrelevant, it's for the past, it's not for today. When, when, when they start coming to pray, it's a good time for you to leave because I don't need your doubt in the room. I'll say that again. If you're going to be cynical of the move of the Holy Ghost, I need you to go ahead and plan to move now and just exit. Glad you're here. Glad you came. But I'm telling you, we need a move of God. We need a move of God. I said we need a move of God. And all over this place, I believe there are some, some adults and some young people and some young adults that, that say, you know what, I, I want to I taste and see that the Lord is good. I want to taste of this Holy Spirit that preacher's been talking about today. I believe there are some moms and dads that need to get refilled. I don't know who you are. I don't know who you are, but I'm going to ask you 10, 20, 100 of you to come leave from where you are and come and lift your hands to heaven and say, God, begin to fill me with the Holy Ghost. Refill me with the Holy Ghost. Refresh me with the Holy Ghost. I've got to have the Holy Ghost. Is there anybody in the house? Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on all over this place. Go ahead. Lift your hands to heaven and begin to cry out, Holy Ghost, fill me. Holy Ghost, refill me. I'm not here to be a spectator. I'm here to be a participator. I want what God has for me. I want what God has for my life, for my family. My God, my God, fill your people today. Fill them. Fill them with the Holy Ghost. Fill them with your fire. Fill them, Lord. Fill them today. Fill them today. Fill them today. Begin to cry out to him. Come on, begin to lift up your praise to him. He can't move through lips that don't move. He won't move through a tongue that isn't speaking praise. 